All right, so your oh. uh, your talking point. Let's just do that. Just do that one first. I haven't found another one yet. I've been scouring IGN while we've been talking. Um. Oh yeah, we're probably not going to be able to do odds and ends again because what I do after I record mm-hmm. is delete the ones that I've already used. <laughs> So the only one that I have left is what I'm, what we're going to turn into an actual talking point now. Well, let's just do that. Let's just see where it goes, where this is going to be a real, uh, real trash fire, but it is what it is. Oh, good. Going in three. Wouldn't have it any other way. Three, two, one. Time to get your fix. It's a horrible gaming podcast. It's not good. It's not great. Horrible gaming podcast. It's not even what you would call fair. It's really not that good. Horrible gaming podcast. Hello, my name is Zachariah with Old Man Gaming. You have decided to tune into a horrible gaming podcast, and this is a real special day, everybody. But before we get to that, uh, I got to introduce my co-host with me, as always, is Neil, aka a Tiny Wizard. Uh, yes, with me, even if you guys don't get to hear it. Um, so you know, we do the normal disclaimers usually, which is my kids in the background, and this is a horrible show, but. We got a kind of a special one today. We actually recorded this podcast already. We did the whole thing. It took us about uh, an hour and a half to do, and uh, I screwed up. I totally screwed up, as I want to do, and uh, while using OBS, I forgot to set a setting in the way that I'm supposed to set it, so I only got my audio, and no amount of tweaking or fixing uh, could make it better, unfortunately, so... We are literally doing this show a second time. So just to give you guys a heads up, we had two talking points on the show that we did that you're not hearing. We're not going to do those talking points again. We'll probably mention what they are and maybe touch base on them. But the reason we're not doing them again is it would feel really forced and probably not be good for you guys just because it would almost feel rehearsed, you know, because we're trying to hit the same notes. It's also a part of our new marketing strategy <laughs> where we uh, pre-record things that we can lock behind paywalls. <laughs> yeah, no, See, that's we not teased, true. <laughs> we tease the episode that has already been, and that way you'll ask questions and want to find out more. Give us $5 and we'll tell you what was happened. <laughs> <laughs> Neil's messing with you guys. We're not, we're not big enough to do that yet. <laughs> yet. Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. That's a big yet because I like money. Um, okay, so with that out of the way, a couple of credits as usual. Mark Bell, thank you for all the original graphics uh, that we use on the YouTube version of this show. And then Nick Van Sliders, thank you for the theme song of this show and all the theme songs of the shows here at OMG. Horrible Gaming Podcast. That brings us to the top of the show. That's fan traction. And guys, this is one we will do over and over again if we have to, because we're not going to leave you guys hanging even though we've done this before. And that's uh, our our favorite spot, and that's fan traction. It's where we talk to you guys, the fans. We read your comments out, whether they be positive 
or negative. And as usual, guys, you know what that means. Our favorite commenter is back. Arsenic Steel, isn't this, is this two weeks in a row or did he skip a week? I can't remember. I do believe it is two weeks in a row. Well, Arsenic, we... But that is quite all right. I appreciate your devotion to watching this show and potentially hating me because uh, it's 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 still an honor to to at least be good enough for you to come back and hate listen. Um, nonetheless, uh, his first comment was solid state drive. Uh, and that is speaking directly to the fact that for some reason, every time I try to say solid state drive i say standard state drive like a big dumb moron and i responded to arsenic and said i can assure you i'm going to continue to say it wrong but thanks for the correction the reason i'm gonna say it wrong uh is not spite arsenic it is because i am a big dumb moron uh and i just say things wrong i don't know why and uh, neil i know it bugged you it's a bit but i mean it wasn't <laughs> the end of, i mean it wasn't the end of the world. However, it was like I, I just didn't know how to butt in and not sound uh, like a d bag. Uh, I'm, so I'm so bad at stuff. First of all, I do want to point out that that's what my marriage, my married life is. Like it's like me saying something wrong and my wife correcting me, even though I'm generally right on the subject. But like I immediately lose all credibility because I said like pizza instead of pizza. You know, like it's it's. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you can't talk right, you're out. Um, Fun so fact, my wife and I have dumb words or say dumb things in weird ways, and we do literally call pizza pizza sometimes. Pizza? Nice. So, we yeah. talked about your you and your wife's words for stuff. Um, That's cool. That's cool. Uh, his next comment was a little bit more rage-inducing. Uh, he says, Sony said that Miles Morales was designed for the PS5, then scaled down for the PS4. Note that the only reason people complain about Miles Morales is because Sony told you it was also going to be on the PS4. Up until that point, it was one of the best-looking next-gen, in quotations, game of this year to many. Um, to which I responded, uh, not sure what to do with this one. We were in no way insulting miles morales i was merely pointing out that the games in the launch window for these consoles are not really next gen exclusives which is true regardless of how the parent company is doing it so arsenic i do want to say right up front I, I don't have any problem with miles morales it does look really good uh what i was trying to throw out there was we were speaking about the s um uh, I'm not going to say SSD. Say it. <laughs> we were speaking directly about Xbox's new, um, uh, their new storage device. Um, and we were speaking about how in it's overpriced and that I was saying in the beginning, it's not going to matter because all the games in the launch window of these consoles are not really generational exclusives. They're going to be playable on both systems. That's all I was saying. I wasn't saying Miles Morales was bad or trying to rag it in at all. I was also trying to point out that that storage is not going to be a problem. I was pointing this out because the storage pricing is not going to be a problem at first because you're not going to need it. You're going to need it when these games stop being playable on the old systems and start being freaking huge. Um, so I just want to just wanna throw that out there, Arsenic. I wasn't ragging on Miles Morales. Uh, I'm sorry if there was a miscommunication there, but um, I 
I was just trying to point out that none of these games are launch window games. That's all I was saying. Uh, anything to add to that, Neil? I mean, I think I, I think what rubbed me the wrong way about the whole uh, Sony thing and how it is that they presented Miles Morales and Horizon Forbidden West, while they never explicitly said that they were PS5 exclusives, they were definitely marketed in that right. way. So, I mean, yeah, I guess shame on us for assuming, but I, I don't know. I felt like they were marketing that as a draw for the PS5 when that is something that, you know, you, you didn't necessarily need a PS5 for right out of the right. gate. And it does make me wonder too about uh the games and how they're built and designed going forward within right. the next year because they have to keep that whole mentality of well can it play on the ps4 as well sort of thing so we can't really you know tear that engine open right. and let that horsepower run right out of the gate which is i i, I think, guess par for the course with a new generation but right. still i don't I, know I sony's messaging up to this point right uh i mean i, I want to respond to that in twofold one is uh i can't believe i'm about to say this but actually defending arsenic's comments i think that's what he's saying in his comment is that Miles Morales on the PS5 is going to be a next-gen game because they actually have to downscale it to PS4 instead of right. the other games, which are just getting kind of like a small upscale on the newer systems, is what he's saying. And I don't know how true that is, but I, I think that was his point on that. I will say I completely agree with you on one thing, and we've talked about it on the podcast. All three companies, not just Sony, Xbox, and Nintendo are real guilty of murky language uh, in this generation. I don't like, I'm sorry if you guys caught that belch. I'm trying to make some magic happen with some caffeine, so bear with me. <laughs> um, but uh, I think that they've all been real, uh, they, they've obfuscated a lot of stuff that they like to, uh, uh, that, that we should know. And, and, I really don't like the way they've presented some of the, hey, we're going to do this thing. They've presented it really awesome at the show. And then like the two days later, we get the, just so you know, it's not going to be like that. You know, like this, this kind of like take backs, you know, and I, I don't like that. Yeah. Um, so moving on uh, to the horrible arena. Kev Tutal voted Zach wins BL4, and I do believe I got your wife this week as well. Yes, you did. So uh, I am on the board again. Uh, uh, so that's nice. Breaking the streak. It is now 6-2 to two in the new 52. Um, and I actually responded to him and said, wow, you haven't voted in weeks. Thank you. Um, and then he also wanted to comment and say, save games on a big external slow drive. Transfer them to an internal drive. When you want to play, lots of storage for a tiny cost. And I think the first time we recorded this show, uh, we talked about something that I do want to bring up again. It is not that easy on PC. And maybe, Kev, maybe I'm doing it wrong. Um, but it's really not as easy as, like, drag and drop, uh, especially with Xbox Games Pass. They hide that stuff in your computer, like, when it goes on, and it is very, very difficult to move to my spinning and SSD. And... You know, of all the things I've been able to figure out on the PC, that's one thing I really I, I need like a masterclass on is uh, 
how to like take a game I already have without having to reinstall it to a different hard drive and move it to the other hard drive. Well, actually, uh, to, to go back to what I mentioned the last time that we recorded this, yep. wow, this is just going to be a lot of Doing us <laughs> well, we, bringing we've, we've the same thing. Different talking points, I but mean, we've got to do the fan interaction. It wouldn't yeah, be right if we didn't. But what you can do, like you have your, your standard shortcut on your desktop. That goes to basically a certain location in your folders of information to where that information to launch the game lies. Uh, you can move the install of all of the information to another location, but you have to then update the shortcut as well. And that way is when you can, you know, double click on your desktop and it'll load from that place. Um, the thing is, but, though, is I don't play anything from my desktop. I play it through the uh, through the app that I downloaded it. Right, and that's it's not exactly uniform across right. all launchers. It definitely depends. Right. But uh, if there's anything that does have a launcher icon, then yeah, definitely. Though yeah. I think you should be able to, I would assume at least from uh, the Xbox Game Pass on PC, you should be able to make a shortcut on your desktop as well. I could be wrong. You but. can make a shortcut, but you can't. It's not the shortcut that's the problem. I can make the shortcuts very easily. It's the moving it from one place to another that's real hard. With the Xbox Games Pass especially, because we got into all this trouble. We're doing the new show on Halo. We'll talk about it later, guys. Don't worry. We won't leave you hanging. But um, we had to download the Master Chief Collection, which is a whole lot of ridiculousness. But it... It's a 119 gig download. I only have a 500 gig SSD, so I needed to move that somewhere else because I wanted to play other games on my SSD, you know, and that's an older game. I don't think it needs the SSD, but when I tried to move it, like I couldn't find it. And when I did find it and transfer it, it did not transfer properly at all. So I ended up having to uninstall it and just reinstall it to the different hard drive, which worked, but at the same time, um, that makes it real hard for me to like keep a library of stuff if I've got to uninstall and reinstall anytime I want to move something back and forth to the SSD, you know? Yeah. So like, it might just be Games Pass um, because I haven't tried anything with Steam or Epic. Steam or Epic seem to like very clearly put it in like once you find the folder in where they're actually sticking it on your computer, I think it's as easy as just dragging it to another place and creating yeah. a shortcut. But like the Xbox one is what's real rough to me. And I think they'd make it hard because they need to be able to deny you access if it moves off of their stuff, you know? I think it could also have to do with the actual like Microsoft integration. That's it's true. probably integrated into like your Windows, your x86 yeah. like folder, like your actual Microsoft stuff more so than like a separate folder of just like games, right. you know. Right. Right. I I mean, you make a a real good point, real compelling point. But uh I think that's it for fan interaction, right? I do believe. Sorry, right. you caught me with a mouthful of water. That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, okay. Horrible Gaming Podcast. All right, so that brings us to our first talking point. But before we get into it, I do want to just say the two talking points that we are not going back to. We talked about Crunch. Uh, 
specifically in the case of the whole cyberpunk ridiculousness. Uh, and uh, we also talked about uh, the Mario home circuit ridiculousness. It costs a hundred dollars, and it's kind of a silly product. And we basically let me save you the cribs nopes. We argued about whether Nintendo is the reason is the main source of all evil in gaming, and <laughs> we argued as to whether. We argued as to the seriousness of the crunch in this specific case with cyberpunk and what is an acceptable level of crunch, basically. Um, and we just we just don't want to do the same talking points again because it's going to sound rehearsed. We're going to try and hit the same beats. It's not going to sound as good as the first time. So we're going to switch it up. So, Neil, what you got for us? All right. Well, the uh, storage sizes have been somewhat of a talking point between the consoles so far. Yes. Uh, and the operating system sizes, the the sizes for these that they're going to take on the next-gen consoles uh, have come out, and uh, it's it kind of exacerbates the problem. Mm -hmm. So um, the PlayStation 5 is going to have 825 gigabytes available, but after the operating system takes up what it needs... The PS5 is only going to be what left with 664 gigabytes of storage space. <laughs> what? That uh, is huge. The, the operating system is like 200 gigs then? And the Xbox Series X is about the same. Holy taking shit. nearly 200 gigabytes, leaving with the, the Series X with 800 gigabytes of storage, which is great. Oh, that's not uh, that great. I mean, well, I mean, it's better than the PlayStation 5. However, uh, the same operating system, to our collective knowledge, is going to be running on the Series S, which cuts the Series S storage size down to 300 gigabytes. Man, that S is looking like a real ripoff now, ain't it? Oh, uh, yes. Okay. I mean, well, let's get into this because when you brought this to me, I thought it was worth talking about, but I didn't think it was going to be that big of a cut. First of all, what fucking OAS needs to use 200 gigabytes? Like, guys, we don't need that many bells and whistles. I don't know what the fuck you're putting in this system that you need 200 gigabytes to run an OS, but that's insanity. Like, that's just, well, that's almost arrogance on the, that's almost vanity to the point of arrogance. Well, I think some of that is going to be taken up at least like on, uh, well, PlayStation 5 is going to have the same sort of feature as well as like a smart resume. I think right. a lot of that is going to be taken up in that. I mean, mm. you can take a standard operating system for a computer that can go anywhere to like 65, 80 to 100 gigabytes on its own for right. a computer depending on you know what type you have and the right. set and the other things so i mean i don't think it's necessarily like hyper outlandish however when storage kind of hyper outlandish well uh, when the the biggest problem i think in all of this is the fact that storage is already kind of an issue for these consoles coming right out of the gate not in the immediate future but like within the first year or so, the lack of storage is going to be a problem and your only options pretty much are going to be left with paying 200 plus dollars for 
bespoke storage for those consoles. Can I, I I'm going to go on a little bit of a rant here because I've, I've been oh, go ahead. I've been circling around this for a while for a couple of weeks. I've been circling circling around this notion. And now I'm this thing kind of like this thing like hammers it home for me. <clears throat> they overbuilt these systems. They overbuilt these systems. We did not need these systems to be what they are. And uh, th this is ridiculous. This ab the whole point of consoles, the whole point of console gaming is that it's simple, it's easy, it's quick to play. My PC is way easier than any of the nonsense that they have thrown out at there and the options and all the silly upgrading stuff and the complication about the TVs and everything. And I feel like, I feel like they're over eagerness to be the best has made them jump so far ahead than they needed to be that these systems they're trying to do too much with these systems and now these systems aren't going to be that good like they just aren't they aren't the, the xbox one and the playstation 4 they don't have the same stats but if you look at the stat trend for them and the stat trend for these systems uh, they're better, more balanced systems. Like, what these people are doing with these systems is dumb. Like, it's, it's overbuilt. We did not need these systems this great. And now they've built these systems this great. And they can't even supply you storage properly for them. Because they're so ridiculously over the top. Like, I mean, maybe you disagree with me. I I hear uh, a lot of silence over there, so I'm not. Sure. Uh, well, no, I'm letting you. Uh, I'm I'm letting you do what you're I you're mean, doing. I'm also like trying to thing. not. They're throwing out the microphone. So let's let's talk about like. I mean, if you're waiting for me to finish the rant, then I will go one step further. Go ahead, go one step further. These people for the last year, okay, last year, year and a half, have just lauded these stats over us, right? Like Xbox and PlayStation, just like this 120 frames per second, uh, smart resume, uh, you know, all of that stuff. They've just 8K, 8K gaming, 4K, 8K. This is the kind of stats they've thrown at us. There are not any games that can play this way. There's not any of the launch games. None of the games planned can play this way. Nothing. And I, I assure you that no game in the next three years is going to take full advantage of either one of these consoles. So with that said, why are we getting these consoles so big and ridiculous? By the time these consoles can play the games the way, like, by the time you can take full advantage of these consoles, first of all, you will have to buy this console in pieces with storage units and upgrades and everything else. But by the time you can actually play these consoles to the fullest extent, by the time there's games that actually take advantage of them, their generation life will almost be over. These systems are overbuilt. They're overbuilt. Cool. I feel like they're trying to compete with PCs. Like they're just, they're overbuilt. All right, I'm going to stop talking now and let you talk. I mean, I would argue that pretty much every generation is sort of like that in mm. that you know it's three years or so before we have something that's truly like this is next gen i think that's mm. that's been the par anyways i so, do not agree with that at all i don't agree with I, that statement at all the, the launch games for xbox one and playstation 4 were definitive launch games 
And while they weren't the deepest experiences, they showed off everything those systems could do. Rise was an amazing game when it came out. It's not that great. It doesn't have the longevity of it, but graphically it did everything that the Xbox One could do. It showed you everything that it was potential to do. None of the games coming out with these consoles can do that. None of them. I mean, I mean, even even they're... with the Xbox OG, Xbox OG had Halo. That was everything the Xbox could do, like everything. It showed it off. The same with the, uh, uh, I mean, there were ones on the PlayStation side. I'm just not remembering them right off the bat because it's been a while. But I feel like we don't have a clear launch lineup like we've had years prior. We don't have those games that are just made for these consoles, and that's fine. But if you're gonna do that. Why do we have these systems so overpowered and they're just like, I don't know. And now you got to buy a $220 storage device. You've got all these ridiculous options that you have to sift through. You have to sift through whether your TV is good enough or not. You have to sift through whether you ha- – like it's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And if I feel like if they had just made – if they had just made like one advance, high, like I feel like they overbuilt them. Well, I mean, I will say too, like this this current generation that we are in, I mean, usually the lifespan of a generation is somewhere around 10 years. Right. I believe we're only at about seven. So I don't even think we're at seven. I think we're at six. I think we're at five or six. I mean, so that on its own could be some sort of a contributing factor as to why things don't necessarily feel like super next gen so like somebody leveling that argument like i would see that but at the same time there's no anything that says that this is the period of time before next gen has to happen like they could very well be trying to this this first wave is for the early adopters for for those who want to get in and be first to the experience right um i don't I whether or not that's a good thing, I can't really argue. Uh, I, but I do feel like the launch lineups for both of these consoles are a bit weaker, so uh, just in the games front. Yeah, I mean that's the, that's really the thing. Like that's getting me is that the and I'm not even talking about like exclusivity because I hate exclusivity. But like the games that are going to be offered on either one of these systems are not going to showcase these systems. They're just not. These systems are going to be better than anything that they put forth in November. And you were right, by the way. It was It's seven years. Uh, the Well, at least for Xbox, I think PlayStation 4 was a little bit before them, maybe a little bit it after. It wasn't by much. I think it, it wasn't was by, by much, but weeks, I, I, think. I think it was a little bit before them, but it was uh, 2013 when these systems came out, so seven years. And it was supposed to be a 10-year 10 10 year systems, and usually generations are 10 years, so... So, yeah, I think they're early. I don't think we need these systems yet. And I think if they had spent even one more year, both companies building these consoles, we would not be in the quagmire that we're in right now, which is worrying about these ridiculous storage constraints and, like, how we're going to buy it and how we're, like, if they weren't forced to make the Xbox One S, you know what I mean? Like, that... Is starting to feel like a desperate rushed system at this point. 
Um, I think, and like oh, it, it's almost like it, it feels like it's like we got to get something out there that's cheaper. And they did it in such a way that it's like this isn't cheaper anymore. You're selling us the idea of a console for three hundred dollars. <laughs> like, I think what a, a big a, a big issue with this next generation is. In previous generations, they have been marked by graphical improvements. Granted, yeah. we yeah. can still go up, but those those steps up require other components yep. that aren't necessarily you know cost effective. Well, so, and they're also very. I'm sorry, I'm interrupting you again. Uh, I'll let you talk for a real long time after this one. But they're <laughs> they're also they're also. Um, very incremental comparatively to the other generations graphically. Like, I don't know uh, if it's a difference between 1080p and 4K. I, I never have. Uh, the only I mean, reason I would be buying a 4K TV is to avoid screen tearing, and that's one of the big reasons I didn't want to buy a 4K TV. Honestly, when we got ours, there is a very noticeable difference um, in the smoothness of the video and the brightness. I don't know if I believe you, but okay. Well, I was going to say, unless you know what it is that you're looking for in those screens, like it's, it's one of those things that you wouldn't necessarily notice it. Like because of my, my background with like school and tech and everything like that. Like I know the differences between these, the DPI and everything like that. So the condensation of pixels, and all of that. So, like, those That's are fair. the things that. So we're those flex, are the things but that, fair. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it, it's just like how you look at stuff. So, like, a general person, yeah, looking at you know a 4K versus 1080 TV. I mean, it's whatever. One might be a little bit brighter, but is that little bit brighter really worth an extra three hundred dollars? It's like, right. well. It's not right. just that, and then it, you know, goes into the other things. That's, uh, uh, but mm, sorry, I was interrupting again. Uh, Continue. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I, I'm actually like I'm supporting your argument. Yeah, I, feel I see what like, you're saying. Yeah, yeah, I feel like they did. They made a jump that didn't need to happen yet. Yeah, especially because we still have at least one year of support on Sony's side, if not two of the PlayStation 4 and games that are coming out, even if it's just for third-party stuff. And who knows how long Microsoft, with their ideals and what they want to do with Generations, how long they can keep supporting the Xbox One S. So there's still life left in these consoles. It's a matter of how much. Sony's following pretty much the same established pattern of backwards compatibility between generations. That is generational compatibility going between, you know, when the releases come out, whereas Microsoft has broken down that door in what they're doing. But I still think that we, if we would have waited a year and a half longer, I think that, like you said, like that we'd be in a better position with all things. And of all the years, in all right. time, man, to be able to get away with saying it's going to be one more year, man, this was the year. Like you right. had a freaking plague. <laughs> I mean, and and we've insulted people for busting that glass and using that as an excuse. So I don't want to necessarily encourage that. But at the same time, if there was ever a time that you could get away with saying the consoles aren't coming this year. It would be now, but again, it all fits in to their chicken match. This, 
and how they they say that there's no console war and they're just full of crap because everything they do that these systems wouldn't be coming out this year if there was no console year console war at least one of them wouldn't um it's just one like they wouldn't care what the other people were doing and they would be thinking more about business but instead they're both rushing to get these systems out because they know the other people have systems coming out and that's just the worst way to do stuff well i do feel like on the broader idea of you know console wars and everything i do think that after we have the series x and the playstation 5 come out we're going to see an even broader uh disparity between these consoles because again you have nintendo that's doing their own thing not focusing on the hardware and what it can do but the experience that you get with those games you have microsoft now who is breaking down you know their sort of walls of what we think of what it is a generation is Mm -hmm. and moving more towards like it's all universal just a new iteration has more power and better features like a pc and then we have sony who is going to stick with the classic tried and true generations i honestly i'm rooting for sony in this regard but we've had this conversation time and time again um i mean i think the thing is is i don't think anybody i see what you're saying with the rooting and it's gonna sound like i'm insulting you i don't mean to but i don't think we should be rooting for anybody i think these companies should take their ideologies and they should make that their goal and stop worrying about each other. And I think I hate Nintendo. Uh, you know, we it's one thing I'm sad that you guys will not hear is how much I ranted about Nintendo again in the last episode. But uh, one thing I will give them is they're the only ones I truly believe don't give a crap what the other two companies are doing. And you know how you convince me that you don't give a crap when the other, what the other companies are doing? You release your console whenever the hell you want. And stop worrying about the other ones. There is no way in the world that you're going to convince me that there isn't a console war when these companies have to release their freaking games, their freaking systems within seven days of each other. Right. That's not even smart business-wise. I'm going to tell you right now, Phil Spencer, Xbox people, uh, Mark Cerny, PlayStation people, what you're doing is dumb because anybody who... You're forcing the country to pick between the two of you when if one of you decided to release six months later, you could potentially get all the people who also bought the PlayStation ones or vice versa. And you could even have a better system at that point. Like what you do with this con- this console war stuff is dumb financially as well. Like I'm talking as a business guy, as the capitalist society, as everybody's out there to make money. This is dumb for money. It's dumb. Every person out there who has to make a decision now, do I want to spend my money on PlayStation or do I want to spend my money on Xbox? Because you've put them in that situation, you have divided down the line the amount of people you can get. Maybe it's a 70-30 split. Maybe it's a 60-40 split, whatever. But that other percentage, you don't get that percentage because they're picking the other ones. Whereas if you released at a time when there was no one else financially putting money on you, you get them all. And Nintendo's figured that out. 
That's why Nintendo Switch is so goddamn popular. If Nintendo Switch released in November, we would be having a very different conversation, right? Yeah, it would be interesting to to see what would happen if the Switch released when it did. But I will also say in regards to Nintendo, I don't think it's necessarily the whole story, but it definitely played into it. They kind of had to get something out there after the colossal Wii U failure that it was. So, I mean, I think that the gamepad for the Wii U was the inspiration for the Switch, but I do still subscribe to the notion that Nintendo does, you know, do its own thing and doesn't really care one way or the other. And I think that's also where Microsoft is starting to go with things like their ideas of generation, with things like Project X Cloud, you know, which, things like Game Pass. Neil, I, I am the first person to want to agree with you. I really am. I'm the first person to say that's what I want to believe, but they don't do enough to prove it to me because every time they present us with this different ideology, it's in regards to countering something Sony's doing. It's not True. It's not them saying it like this is the way we are thinking. Let's do it this way from now on. That's not how they're presenting it. They're presenting it like, hey, we're doing it this way. Sony's doing it that way. And that is a console war. That is a problem. That is you propagating this ridiculous competition between the two of you. And what bothers me, what's been bothering me so much about Microsoft about this, and I know I'm on a rant against Microsoft right now. Let's see Arsenic Steel have a problem with this. But uh, my problem with this is they're trying to make it look like they're taking the high road. And they're not. And that's pissing me off almost as much as Sony just being dicks about stuff. Because when Sony just says, hey, we're just doing this whatever, at least they're being honest with you. Microsoft, I feel like they're coming out with all this really consumer-friendly stuff, which I like. And it's why I would still pick the system today if I was picking between the two systems. However, at the same time, the way they present it is always like a dig at Sony. And I don't like that like as long as these two idiots these two idiot companies keep yelling at each other or trying to pick each other apart no matter what they're saying in it as long as it's directed at the other person it's a console war yeah i mean the only way xbox is going to prove it to me is until they release a system that isn't right next to another system you know and i think they're going to be going that route here soon i'd love to well, see it i love mean i it. think this this upcoming next generation isn't even out but i think we will see in the what we would traditionally assume as a quote half step generation is going to be more so for microsoft a full step forward and i yeah. think that is the point that we're going to see what they want to do if it is if they want to stick to their guns as to keeping with this new idea of what generations are for them or if they want to strictly just be reactionary to Microsoft or to Sony again. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, I think so. I think though I think it's still kind of lost on me at least at this particular time that there isn't that they aren't doing that. You know what I mean? Like like Right. Like, if that's the future, great, but you haven't done anything in the present to prove to me that's actually what you're trying to do. You've only proved to me that you're trying to undercut another company, which 
is fine. That's what you're supposed to do and all. But like, I feel like if they really want to just be their own ide- ideology, they need to start proving it to us more than ju- with more than just words. You know, right? Um, I don't know. Uh, I feel like we've talked about this a lot. Maybe we should move on to another talking point if we can figure one out. Sure. <laughs> okay. Horrible gaming podcast. All right, guys. This is still a trash fire. Um, so what we're going to do, we're just going to have a little fun with the second talking point, especially since we have like literally no idea how long this podcast has gone so far. Um, <laughs> but I figured we could just talk. You know, our horrible awards are coming up uh, just to promote them a little bit, a little pro- cross synergy. We want to talk about what our experiences of the year have been so far. And it's been an interesting year for experiences of the year, I think you will agree, because the AAA games have been <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, a little bit absent this year. So uh, so I don't know. What what are some experiences of the year for you, man? Uh, Please don't you say know, Undertale the... again. We all know you like that game. No, no I'm not. Yeah, no. <laughs> Besides, Undertale, Undertale's a, a wave I've been riding since last year anyway. So I, <laughs> I don't that's... think that's received any more major updates. No, no, it hasn't, unfortunately. But <laughs> Delta Rune Chapter Two's coming this year, so I have something else to gush about. Anyways, <laughs> um, so I think the first two that come top of mind for me is definitely Final Fantasy VII Remake, okay, and Doom Eternal. Okay, one hundred percent. Those are two interesting um, picks. Yeah, Doom Eternal at. I just heard the other day, too, because of the Bethesda deal with Microsoft, Doom Eternal is coming or has come it's on to Games X- Pass. It's already out. It's yeah, on Games Pass so, right now. You like that game it. is amazing, and I cannot wait for that DLC to come out, especially because, from what I understand, it continues the story. Mm-hmm. The only thing that I hated about Doom Eternal was literally the last boss fight because it was just ridiculous. Mm. I don't know. Maybe it's... Maybe it just wasn't my thing, but how that boss fight was designed was such a letdown. <laughs> but outside of that, I had zero qualms about that game. Right. Well, that's that's awesome. That's some good picks. I think uh, I think surprisingly, Soviet Jump Game has really like just got into the heart and soul of me. Uh, I don't know. I just love that game. I, it might be just because I win a lot at it. Weird. Flex I was gonna all, say. But... I heard. I heard somewhere on the internet that that you're <laughs> the top tier number one best Soviet jump game player who never loses. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> I, somehow on my on the live stream, I'm always like, I always win. Like the last time I played, I went four for four, uh, and Kevin can back me up on that because he watched me do it. And uh, I don't know. There's some about that game. If I you can look at your stats. I've played 91 games and won 33 times. So I, I so got to say that's, that's pretty good for a battle Royale. Um, but there's just some about it that just keeps bringing me back. It's just so much fun. I like anytime I have like a spare moment to play, but I can't get into something deep. Like that one is, uh, just, it just gets me, it just gets me right away. It gets me right away. There's just some about it that I really like. Um, I I also I don't know that I would nominate this for experience of the year just because of all the bugs that it has. Uh no pun intended, but grounded has been really good, I think. Oh hilarious. Bugs. <laughs> right, right. Ba ba ba. Where's my rim shot <laughs> when I need it? <laughs> um Yeah, I've really enjoyed Grounded. Uh 
I, I think one thing I love about that game so much is how open that dev team is with their community. And, uh, and I, and I just, they're just so scrappy. Like, like that team, I know it works for obsidian or whatever, but that team feels like the team that like of misfits that got put together last second and they're like making it work even though they shouldn't, you know, like it's just every time you see them on, like when they did their last content update for September, they always do this like live stream afterwards and, uh, their, uh, their power went out. (laughs) Oh, jeez. Yeah. They started it. They got like two minutes into the stream. Their power goes out. Somehow the audio doesn't. So you can hear them in the background, like, Oh, the fucking power went out. (laughs) And then like, you can hear the like alarm system going off and then somebody's like was it a planned outage like uh <laughs> they're just like such a scrappy like little team and i just love the way that they're very like look this game isn't great but we're going to tell you everything we're doing and they're just constantly adding stuff i i think that game has been a lot of fun honestly and i would be remiss if i did not speak for the foundation member who is not on the show today and that is phil billy i'm pretty sure he is going to heavily nominate Wasteland Three as well. Oh, he uh, he jumped into that. Oh, you haven't you haven't heard him talk about? It. He is super into Wasteland Three. Like we've talked about it on every one of his shows that we do together. Somehow, like he, it's really weird because that game is not his usual, you know, and. Uh, he played it with me just because he was like, this kind of looks cool. I want to play it with you. And there was a multiplayer and, uh, he's so much farther than me now. (laughs) Like he's, and he's really into it, the build and everything. Like it's, it's very interesting. And this is going to sound like weird and almost like egotistical or arrogant. I don't mean it that way at all, but just, I've loved watching Phil as a gamer, like blossom into the gamer that he is today. (laughs) like from where he was when we started this YouTube journey, you know, uh, like, like when we first started, when he was just listening to us, he wasn't a foundation member at the time when we first started. Uh, but like, neither were you. Um, but he ended up, uh, he was only playing borderlands two at that time. He didn't even like, he barely owned an Xbox one and he would just go back to borderlands two over and over again. That was all he played. And now he, like, plays tons of games with me. He does shows with me. He does Wasteland 3, which is a tactical strategy game. You know, it's just something about it. I know, like I said, it sounds, like, weirdly arrogant. I don't mean it that way. It's just been such, like, a fun to, like, watch him go from this, like, I just play Borderlands 2 to, like, he could play. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what uh, was one that... Definitely, I wouldn't call it like a game of the year or experience of the year. That okay. is sort of deal for me. Honorable but mention. What an honorable mention. Yeah, honorable mention is <laughs> probably the best. I definitely got to go. I got to say, Animal Crossing. Like, yes. I started playing that yes. game as a joke, yeah. and then I remember I spent an entire day, like probably five, six hours, literally just finding and catching like bugs and selling them for bells to reinvigorate Mm -hmm. my island. And I was like, I fell into that loop for a second. So much so that I've mentioned before that I got anxiety because I broke my daily login (laughs) streak on there. That, that one got me real good too. And it's definitely going to be on my list. I don't mention it just because I'm not playing it right now, but, uh, 
I got. I still think that game did games as service uh, better than most of the like shooters and stuff do. Like they really utilized what a games of service should should do, which is just constantly give you new content to play with. And they've just done that just the whole year. They've just been really on top of their their game. I I plus that game came out at just the right time. And, yeah, that too. And culturally, it just like it started a fire, you know, like that game, that game lit everything up real big, you know? Yeah. Uh, so that, that's definitely a contender. I mean, whether you like games like that or hate games like that, it's without a doubt the best game like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, um good. Oh, I was just going to, I was going to ask another one. It's like, cause we, when you and I sat down and talked about like what it is that mm-hmm. we want to do with the awards show this year, yeah. there was some things that we couldn't really implement into like a category. Right. So like, what about throwing all other sort of preconditions out the window, be it releases, games, whatever, like what sort of gaming moment slash event was your big thing this year? Oh, Gaming slash moment slash event. Yeah. Oh. So like to give an example, like for myself, I think is definitely playing the Uncharted series. Oh, like I see. those okay. those games came out like forever ago, but like I just got into them. And when I when I started, once I got through the first one, at least the first one was rough. Right. But right. after that, like it just took off and like that that's totally awesome i am now hoping that they decide to do an uncharted 5 someday one day but (laughs) um gaming slash moment of the year well first of all i i would be remiss and this is gonna sound like a weird plug but i've said it before i will say it again the best thing that's ever happened to me in a video game happens in episode 32 of on the hunt which is seven seconds um it's been out for a week now uh, so I think I'm going to go ahead and say what it is. Uh, so spoilers to anybody who wants to w- watch that episode of On the Hunt. Uh, go back and watch it. Um, but oh, maybe I shouldn't. Maybe Phil Billy would be really mad if I said it. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to make Phil Billy mad. Um, <laughs> you know what, Phil Billy? It's late and I'm out of content. If you want to be mad at me, I'll give you a free slap to my face. How about that? Um, if, if you didn't want this revealed, but <laughs> it was last Tuesday's episode. Um, and we're getting towards the end of the series. We took on the Kashala Diora. And so Neil, just, uh, j- did you watch the episode? I did not get around to watching the episode. It's your foundation member. You're required. To I watch know. All our videos. And I, and I, now. it was on the list of <laughs> things to watch because you have hyped this so it's much. It's so cool. And what, what, what sucks about hyping it, right? What sucks about hyping it is that you have to go through some work to get through it because it's one of it is without a doubt the longest episode in the series. Like absolute longest episode in the series. Um but it has just the best best moment at the end and it's been out for a week, Phil. It like I said, if you get mad at me for spoiling this, I understand and you can give me a free slap to the face, but I got to talk about it. Um we're taking on Kashala Diora, right? Now, I know you haven't played a lot of Monster Hunter World, uh, but basically you get 50 minutes 
the standard, there's things that can make it less, but it's never more. You get 50 minutes to kill the monster that you're hunting or capture it, right? Okay. Kushala Deora is, a, is an elder dragon, which means you cannot capture it. You have to kill it. There's no way around it. Um, so me and Phil fight this thing, right? And uh, we... <laughs> It was like it knew, man. It kept it kept trying to get away from us, and like right at the end, we had it almost killed. And then you know it gives you the ten minute warning, and then it gives you the five minute warning. So like we're running now because like we we whittled it down. It's hurt. Then it moves to another area. Uh, so we go after it only to get there and have it move all the way back to its nest, which is really far away. And just like feels like we're not going to hit it. And I'm like, we're not going to hit it. It's done. But we're running anyway. We get there. And like feels like feels like what do we do for the launch? Like should we do uh, bombs or whatever? And I really quickly checked the time. We got 14 seconds. 14 seconds. I'm like, just hit it. Just start hitting it. Hit it as hard as you can. He cocks his hammer back. He wails it three times. I just start going crazy with the sword. Uh, and uh, we're like. Like, you can even hear Phil. He's like, nope, it's done. There's no way we're killing it. It's up. And uh, it died. We got it. We got it with seven seconds to spare. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Yeah. We went crazy. We at, When it died, we both screamed, and it was like the middle of the night. I thought uh. I was going to wake up my family. He thought he was going to wake up uh, his wife. Uh, it was – it's still one of the greatest things that's ever happened to me in gaming. Like, I've never had that happen. Like, we were just – uh, we were just floored that we managed to get it done. Like I think it was like, uh, it was like forty nine minutes and fifty two seconds, but with fifty eight milliseconds. So it came down to the the seven seconds. It was absolutely crazy. That's that's got to be the biggest moment in gaming for me this year. That's for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I've had, I've had some close calls with some things like that before too, but nothing, nothing that close at least. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, yeah. Just nothing has happened like that to me. I mean, as far as other things in gaming, I Super Mario Galaxy, man. I'm up to ninety stars. Yeah, I uh, game got me all over again. Yeah, I want to go. I I was like debating whether or not I wanted to finish Mario sixty four, then go to Sunshine, and then go to Galaxy, Galaxy or. (laughs) Because <laughs> that's the thing is like a lot of people like there, there's people out there who are not fans of Mario Sunshine. I thought it was fantastic. You know, I started playing Sunshine. I don't like it as much as Galaxy, but uh, I think my problem with Sunshine, first of all, is you can't invert the like the the aiming is inverted naturally and you yeah. can't change that. And that bothers me. Like, yeah, that was weird. If you're going to make a game where you have to shoot things, like I should be allowed to decide whether my aiming is inverted or not, you know? Right. Uh, So that's really hard to get used to. The other thing about Sunshine that's really tricky is usually there's this weight to the way Mario moves. Like he kind of like, he doesn't just like go immediately into the sprint. Like you move him forward. He does this like little like he kind of gets started, you know? And then when you stop, he kind of like, it's a slower stop. So like your beats on how you move him kind of conform to that a little bit. And Sunshine, he moves on a dime. And that messed me up. That messed me up, like going from Galaxy to that. Yeah, I could see. Did you play Sunshine? 
when it came out? No, I never played it on GameCube. Uh, okay. I did not own a GameCube. So that was my yeah. first experience with it. I think it's good. I want to go back to it. I just decided that switching between it and Galaxy because of that movement thing was going to taint my opinion of it overall. So I just decided to finish Galaxy before I decided to do Sunshine. Yeah. Um, you know, I actually also, I had mentioned before when we were talking briefly about this, uh, Mario collection, mm -hmm. I had issues with how like Mario registered and everything like that, like with jumps. Cause like in Mario 64, I kept dying because I was not making jumps and stuff that I know that I could make because I mean, I played the crap out of that game back in the day on 64 and I found out what the problem is. It's not anything but the lag from my Switch Pro controller to the console. Because whenever I play in handheld mode, I can hit those perfect. Yeah, but I play everything in handheld mode. I don't know. I Yeah, I'm just saying, like, for me personally, like, the issues that I was having. Was that, um, yeah. It was, yeah, the, the Switch, Switch Pro controller. Well, and that's the thing. I, I don't. I I almost exclusively play Switch in handheld mode. I I don't really like to play it on the big screen, honestly, unless I'm playing with my wife something. Um, but it's just yeah, it's just something about that movement. The the back and forth just drove me crazy. I don't know. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, I think we've uh, we've covered it a little bit. We should probably move on since our two talking points are at least forty minutes. Um, yeah. So we should move on. Alrighty. Horrible gaming podcast. All right. So that brings us to odds and ends, and we've already done odds and ends once, and uh, some of those odds and ends we don't even remember what we talked about. <laughs> so we are going to quickly discuss a couple of things that I've seen on IGN, just scrolling <laughs> through looking for talking points while the show is going on. It's the kind of multitasking we do here, guys. It's the kind of multitasking we do here. Uh, so the first one I wanted to discuss, I'm having a hard time remembering what it was and looking Already? You just yeah, found dude, it. Dude, my brain is sawdust at this point. Yeah. <laughs> it just is. And you still got to edit this thing tonight. Yeah. Thanks for reminding me. I can me. only, ima <laughs> only imagine. Um, damn it. What was that other one I wanted to talk about? Uh, that's gonna drive me nuts that I can't find it now that I need it. I mean, I remember one from what we talked about earlier that, that I don't know. Maybe I just kind of want to bitch about more. Go for it. <laughs> um, the fact that Godfall is gonna require an online connection at all times, yeah. and yeah, PlayStation Plus, even though it's they're swearing up and down that it's not a live service game. I mean, I just. Just call it what it is. Stop dancing around it. I just, I know there's well, a negative connotation, but like, as you had stated from? previously, yeah. Yeah. like, be the be the the thing that turns it around. If you're right. that confident in what right. it is that you have, right. like, I don't. Yeah, it's just ridiculous, and it sucks too because, like, I personally like I have enough subscription services, right. and I don't play playstation online with literally anybody so i've had no reason to get playstation plus like right at all ever so it sucks because godfall was one of those games that i was looking at to be like hey maybe this is going to be what i pick up at launch 
and for the PS5, right. you know, just from what it seemed like what they put forward, because right. Gearbox has done good with the live service sort of stuff that they implemented into Borderlands 3. I had a lot of hope for it, but uh, yeah. They really dropped the ball on this Godfall launch all around because yeah. not only do you need that PSN thing, it's actually cheaper to get that game on PC. Like, what's even yeah. the point of having it as an exclusive PlayStation game at this point? Because, I mean, dude, I'd tell you to get it on PC and play with me and Phil. You know, like, it's just it's just doesn't make sense to get it on PlayStation at this point. Like, yeah, I don't and know why they're honestly, doing that. And on honestly, the games depending- of service thing, I'm totally with you. Just own up to it's a games of service it doesn't mean your game is terrible like the game will be good or bad regardless of the things that go into it just make it what it is and then we'll decide whether it's good or bad but stop lying to us you know if it's always online it's a games of service so did you find that thing i did uh oh go ahead the battle royale hyperscape Ubisoft's Battle Royale. Oh, yeah. I think I know what you're going to say. They're already being overhauled three months after launch. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the season two update is going to be the overhaul. So <laughs> they must have done something. Um, Yeah. You know, I played that game and I reviewed it. Uh, I wasn't in love with it. There was some things, some ideas behind it that I liked. Uh, one being that like. The one thing about Battle Royales is they always drive you to fight. Like, the reward is in killing other people, you know? And they drive that action, which I've always thought is kind of opposite of the the way I like to play those games, which is stay out of conflict until the end, you know? Um, And just try and avoid people, because I feel like that's what you'd be doing in a situation like that. Um, And Hyperscape kind of actually rewarded just staying hidden and running like it, it really did um i also really liked the regenerating health in a battle royale that was a different approach you know that hadn't mm-hmm. been around before um and some of the powers were really interesting and cool but yeah i guess people just don't like it it, it didn't it didn't grab me the way i wanted it to that's for sure so that well i'll tell you being redone i'll tell you a game that has like Twitch integration and relies on viewership to drive the game like it did with, you know, watchers voting on, you know, what things happen Mm -hmm. in the game. That's a pretty ballsy move right out of the gate. Well, and if you're not going to get those watchers, yeah, it really hurts it. And I think that's, that's something that definitely hurt it is it was like, almost like they assumed there was always going to be a streamer in every match. And it just, it just isn't that way. Like, like this, you can't make the streamers stream your game. You know, you have right. to make a good game and hope the streamers want to stream it. And I think they kind of just put this as like people are going to stream this. And I, I think you're right. I think a lot of the action was in that voting system, and because nobody watched it, that voting system just wasn't really apparent. Now I'll tell you, just random side, if they were to take that voting idea and put it into something like Fortnite mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. a player unknowns battlegrounds like that. I think that could definitely change that game and make it a game that could also be designed for viewership. Well, and here's the problem with that. And I, I agree with you. 
I agree with you that that would be really amazing. But anybody who's playing Fortnite, you'd lose them because you it would they would not want their experience dictated by outside players. True. They're too used to it the way it is. So you almost right. have to make a game for that. But if you can't make like it's it, it's an uh, it's an unsolvable equation, I guess. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, that definitely. Yeah, I mean, that, I that can't think of a PUBG player who would be happy to have people watching, voting on stuff, changing in their experience. Like, yeah. I can't think of that. Like, like anybody who's good at a game, like in, unless it starts that way, anybody good at a game isn't going to want to be like anybody can change whether I'm good or not. It makes it random, and you don't want that. You know. Um. So, yeah, that was my other odds and ends. Um, I, the only other one I wanted to talk about was uh, Warhammer's big new update is getting delayed. Um, they don't have a new date for it. It was supposed to come out October 27th. Um, I mean, I'm so not a Warhammer this... guy, but I, I think it's worth mentioning. So this is an update because I remember yeah. there was some Warhammer game that was announced it's, earlier in the year. It's World of, it's Warhammer Shadowverse. I believe it's the the newest update for Warhammer. World of Warhammer. World of Warcraft. I'm sorry. World of Warcraft, not World Warhammer. Of War. Warcraft. Man, screwing it all up. It's World of Man, Warcraft. Man, I was about to Ooh. say, yeah, I remember World of up. Warcraft had another expansion yeah. that was yeah, coming out do. at some point. Yeah, that's Shadowverse, and it's being delayed. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, World of Warcraft's Shadowverse is being delayed. Shadowlands. Jesus Christ. Somebody stop it, it really, It really shows how much we really truly care about this news <laughs> story when we literally can speak nothing on it. Right. And not be bothered to correct until right. afterwards. Totally <laughs> terrible. Totally terrible. World of Warcraft Shadowlands delayed. Anybody who is a World of Warcraft fan, I am sorry. That game is not coming out. That that uh, DLC is not coming the out. Game is not get, you know what? We we let everybody know right off the top that it was gonna be a garbage fire. Yeah. Yeah. It started as a garbage fire. Big I mean, fire. I honestly like pull back the curtain. I already ran it about it once. I sat in my car at the BMV for two and a half hours this morning, <laughs> right before we, <laughs> right yeah, before we recorded, yeah, yeah. because I had to renew my plates. And afterwards, <laughs> that vet appointment that I had to go to, that I had to speed through to get off the the first the lost recording. Right. I was sitting in my car there for an hour and a half. So <laughs> I've spent four hours in my car just sitting there today. So uh. This day, honestly, can probably be over at any point. Okay. Well, how about we move out odds and ends to the horrible arena and get it a little bit closer to being over? Sure. Horrible Gaming Podcast. All right. That brings us to the end of the show, the moment you've been waiting for. The main event, that would be the Horrible Arena. What is the Horrible Arena if you have never watched or listened? Well, first of all, watch or listen more. Seriously, we're, we're good. We put work into this. I mean, this was a trash Are fire. Are you sure? This was a trash fire, say, but uh, we've, we've had good episodes. Victory. <laughs> Neil? We had good ones. Yes, we've had we've good had ones. We've had a couple of good ones. We've, we've had moments, at least. Um, in any case... It is where the two co-hosts of the show will pitch you a game based on pre-existing criteria that we take turns picking uh, each week. Um, this week's was Procedural Generation. Now, we're going to pitch you a title of the game, 
the developer of the game, and then what the game is. And it will have to utilize procedural generation in some way, shape, or form. Now, the quantum coin has been tossed, and somehow Neil won again. So he gets to go first. Neil, take it away. All right. So my project, I don't really have a name for this that rolls off the tongue real well. But uh, the project name, I'm just going to call it Crawl Royale. Uh, and the developer is, I, I can't pronounce it. It's, it might be clay Cly. it's K L E I entertainment. It's the people who did don't starve though. Uh, so if that gives you any idea, um, so this game would be a procedurally generated battle Royale with 25 people. Uh, the game would begin with all 10 players all starting in a central location in which they can all see we see each other, but not physically interact. Maybe like throw up like, you know, emojis or whatever, some sort of thing to like taunt the other ones before the game actually starts like, like a lobby area. Uh, but when the game starts, they all proceed through a door in front of them in which they all enter a procedurally generated dungeon that is filled with various weapons, items, and armor. Uh, all of these rooms, however, all of these items and armor and everything that is available would all be available across each of the player's instances of a random dungeon. It would just be randomized as to what the layout would be like. Oh, just smacked my microphone. That's not good. Um, and I screwed my levels up. I hope I sound better. Uh, (laughs) did that the worst way. Okay. Yeah. I, I somehow backhanded it and just threw everything out of whack. Uh, (laughs) that's <laughs> it's great show it's yeah, good it's over really now. Yeah. <laughs> anyways um as i said uh the layouts of these individual dungeons will be randomized but they will all provide the same opportunities for all the players to get the same things um with the best of the best stuff deepest within this dungeon all players would get five minutes in total uh, in their generated dungeon to collect as much as they possibly can or want uninterrupted. So it would be a dungeon crawler at that point to where they navigate through. Uh, however, when they navigate into each room, the door will lock behind them so they can't backtrack. And that will come up in a minute as to why it does that. Um, so at uh, once they go through and get whatever they want or at that five minute mark, all of the doors would open back up. However, there would also be a door that opens back up from their beginning starting point. So they basically get five minutes to go down deep into this dungeon, get what they want. But after those five minutes, it's a mad dash back to the start to be brought up to the arena to where they can all fight each other. Uh, At this point, it becomes kind of risk versus reward. Because only the first 10 people back through that door will actually be able to fight in this final duel. Those last 15 people who don't make it back are automatically eliminated. So how much you want to get and how greedy you want to be and how much of a leg up you want to have above the competition is dependent on how deep you want to go. But it's also riskier because the further in you go the more of a chance that you have of being eliminated. Uh, So anyways, 
the lucky 10 who made it into the arena get to fight using everything that they collected and they all fight to the death. Uh, but the arena itself would also have some procedurally generated uh, aspects to it, like certain um, hazards like spike pits, lava, maybe random enemies that could show up and like interrupt the overall brawl. Uh, basically, the last player standing would be the winner. Uh, like I said before, it offers multiple la layers of strategy in that it's that risk versus reward fighting the clock and fighting other people for as to how greedy they are and how greedy you want to be and how much you think you're utilizing your time to the best of your ability um, to before you get back. And I think that something like this with the procedural generation would be a lot of replay value. Every dungeon would be different every single time. Uh, it's just a matter of who gets what when. So that is my project. Project, scroll back up to the top of my screen. Crawl Real. Crawl Royale. I'm, I hate words today. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my Lord. All right. All right. All right. It wasn't that bad, Neil. It wasn't that no, bad. No, it was a good pitch. I just... Good pitch. Good I don't pitch. know how to read. I'm, I'm bitch slapping my microphone for no reason. <laughs> it's I, it's bad. It's similar to uh, the concept of vigor, just in concept. Really? Yeah, I mean, it's not a dungeon crawl. It's a battle royale, but everybody spawns into a map, and the idea is you're looting stuff, and you have to decide when you leave the map. The longer you're in the map, other players can kill you and take your stuff, uh, but there's more chance to get more stuff from killing other players. So you have to decide yeah. when to leave, because if you die, you lose everything you went in there with, even if you had it beforehand. Oh, yeah, that does sound like a similar concept. It's, it's very uh, well, similar. <laughs> it, it's not, I don't, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to disqualify you at all, but it's it's similar and it's not. it's not bad, though. It's not bad. Like, it's not a dungeon crawl at all. I think this is a very interesting idea. Okay. Uh, so that brings it to my turn, correct? Yes. All right. My project is Project Reef. Okay. Uh, it will be developed by Guerrilla Games. No, no, I'm sorry. By Hello Games. Sorry. I had them both marked down and forgot I crossed out one. It will be developed by Hello Games, makers of No Man's Sky and The Last Campfire. Okay. So what is the Reef? All right, so you will start, first of all, it's a fantasy world, a fantasy world that doesn't actually have like a, 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 like a planet. It's basically floating islands, like hundreds of thousands of floating islands uh, that just float around this like nebulous core that you never see. Um, the idea behind this is you create a character and you start off just on an island. Uh, much in the way of like Sid Meier's Pirates, you go through kind of like a small cutscene where you end up the captain of a crew of a basically a flying ship, like an airship. And I'm talking like fantasy airship, like a pirate ship attached to a Zeppelin. Um, so what this becomes then is you get to decide what you are. Are you a pirate? Are you, uh, you know, somebody who works for the law? Do you help people? Do you commission yourself out? Are you a merchant? Whatever. Now, how this is actually perceived is 
much like No Man's Sky, you will have these procedurally generated islands just that all over the place. Wherever you travel, you can travel to them, and then there will be an island there. The island will have different creatures and different stuff on it. It will have a different story to it. Uh, something that gets your character involved, especially if you find like native people there or you know, another civilization there or something like that. Um, and you will be able to react to each different island's story however it is. Of course, you're going to see some notes that pop up over and over again because it's procedural generation, but the, the idea behind it is every island is its own story that you get to play. And you get to play it any way you want. Are you a merciless sky pirate captain are you this guy who is helping people are you righteous are you just a merchant going from place to place selling and buying and selling you know uh each island that you discover stays in the game so you can return to it uh and its merchant prices change kind of go up and down one thing i can't stress enough is that this game will have dedicated servers because it's the greatest thing that gaming has in the world. Uh, so you and your friends will be able to go into one world and influence it in that way. Discover islands. Uh, you can even fight each other for loot or whatever. Uh, you can change the economy of the game itself by trading or whatever. And of course, the storylines are going to be fun. Like each storyline, each island presents its own thing to you. You will be able to update your ship. Uh, you also be able to add what I want aesthetically is you can actually add like World War One planes, like biplanes and triplanes that can be attached to your ship as little fighters. Um, and most of the game will happen in third person, obviously behind you. But when you're at the ship, you can control the ship, command the ship, how the ship works, and you can even jump into one of these fighters and have some pretty cool dog fights in them. Uh, so that's my project. It's a real big AAA undertaking, but I think it could be a lot of fun. And uh, I think the best thing about procedural generation is when it allows you to just make an infinite story for yourself. And that's what this game would be. So my game is Project Reef. And there you guys have it. You have Project Reef versus Project Crawl Royale. Which one are you guys going to spend your hard-earned money on? Which one would you buy if you had to choose between the two? Let us know in the comments below or all the other places that we're about to tell you when we do our plugs. Horrible Gaming Podcast. Alright guys, that brings us to the end of this just a trash fire. Um, so, before we get to the plugs, Neil, what's the criteria for next week's Horrible Arena? So next week's horrible arena um, is one that I really screwed up last time, uh, like really, really bad. And uh, it's going to be like a modified sports game. So something in the vein of like NFL street or, or something like racing in space. It can't uh, be straight you, sports is what you're saying. And I, I right, remember this because I I, it was a sports game and I picked a sport that I just made up a sport and you were like, and I picked space football <laughs> and literally called it space football. You, you acquired the ire of your wife for that. If I recall correctly. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, uh, that okay, one, I, I, I totally whiffed. It and must I be nice to be so far now. ahead that you can like decide to do a subject that you've lost on before just to try and get it right. Like I could burn yeah. a point. <laughs> a dirt bag. All right. Uh, with that said, is there anything you want to plug, man? Uh, well, actually, um, 
if you guys really, really want a taste of one of the talking points that we lost in this lost episode, <laughs> my terrible talk is in the process of being edited, and it is about crunch yes. and some of what came out recently with uh, CD Projekt Red and Cyberpunk makes its way into that. So there is that. And I'm actually going to lob a ball to you. Zach, don't we have a new show coming up? <laughs> well done, sir. Well done. We do, guys. We do. Uh, myself and a tiny wizard have sat down, and we have a new show coming out. It's called Halo Infinite Road. Uh, with the delay of Halo Infinite, we have decided to play in release order every Halo game. So uh, every Halo game will be a season. I mean, depending on when they get really big, it might be two seasons. But for the most part, every Halo game will be a season. We are starting with the OG Halo Combat Evolved anniversary. Um, and the first episode, I believe, will be premiering this Thursday. This Thursday. Um, and then it will be a Thursday show from there on until we, you know, take breaks here and there. Because that is our way. Um, yes. And it's a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun with that show. There's a lot of nice. Oh yeah, the first it. episode right out of the gate. Oh man. Yeah, the first episode was really good. First episode. And then really the second good. episode, well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> we get too far ahead of ourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't, don't, don't ruin it. I do want to give uh, props to my brother. He, uh, I'm using a chunk of one of his songs that is unreleased for his album, for our our little theme song intro. So thanks to Nick, as usual, for his music. Um, I do want to just go ahead and promote something of my own right now, and that would be uh, two things. Number one, I have decided I'm going to start doing the Thursday My Kid is Sleeping stream. So uh, Thursday, usually my kid falls asleep around somewhere between 1 and 2. Uh, when that happens, I'm going to go live for an hour and play – probably so will be a jump game in front of you guys so please come join me it's been a lot of fun we've had like like five to seven concurrent viewers every time i've done it so it's been it's been really enjoyable so please come in and check out you can ask me anything there and uh you know just hang out watch me play games sort of good uh, and then I also want to just go ahead and say this Friday is the final episode of Borderlands 330, uh, me and Phil's Borderlands 3 show, and I do want to say it's kind of the end of the era. It was the absolute first Let's Play we ever did on Old Man Gaming, and it is finally coming to an end. So I urge everybody, just check it out just just out of like respect, because it was it was a long road for us. And uh, with that said, uh, you guys can check us out on Facebook at Old Man Gaming DH, on Twitter at Old Man Gaming 9. You can come forward to join our Discord. The link will be in the description below. You can influence this and all of our shows from there. Please, if you like this show, click like, click subscribe, click the turn notification option on the little bell thingy. And just, you know what? Just tell your friends and family about us because we want that subscriber count to go out. We want to foster a community here and uh, we just, we just like talking about video games. So we hope and, to see you guys. Uh, I was, oh, I was just going to say, I mean, if you really hate them too, you can also share this episode in particular <laughs> as we bumble our way through literally the entire thing and make up an entire episode of the podcast on the fly within the course of like an hour. Right. So right. there's that too. 
And even if you hate listening to us, our snake steel, I love you too, buddy. If I met you in person, I would still give you a hug. And it would last way too long. It would be real awkward between the two of us. But I'd do it anyway because I love anybody who likes to listen to this show and gives us feedback. So uh, <laughs> uh, we'll see you. As long as you guys keep watching and listening this garbage fire, we'll keep making it. We'll see you guys next week. You know, I will say at least you have uh, a woman who likes stuff. Melissa doesn't like things and doesn't like the idea of me spending money. <laughs> so, like, buying her a present is exceedingly difficult. Yeah, no, like, we're kind of the same way. I mean, like, for her, it's hard for her to get stuff for me because usually I'm like, hey, I want that thing. And then nine times out it. of ten, right. I get the thing. Right. Yeah. Right. We're so, adults. Like, we could go get yeah. stuff. Yeah. Right. So she doesn't usually have things for me. And meanwhile, like she's the opposite. Like the other day, like we went to the store and she needed a coat like desperately not because like, she doesn't have anything between like, you know, no coat and winter coat. Right. So she needed like a light jacket or whatever. And like I had to convince her to buy. She's like, oh, I don't know. I don't. It's like a $20 <laughs> jacket. It's like you need a coat. Yeah. Yeah. And, that's how Melissa is. She has to talk to me about every piece of clothing she wears. Like, like I, I have to talk to her about stupid video games I buy. And then like <laughs> she has to come to me and be like, I think I should buy some new pants. Yes, you should buy some new pants. Your pants are ripped. And then I'm coming to her like, I want watchdog lesion. Like, and like it makes me feel terrible when like i have to ask you like i'm asking you for this like frivolous thing to make sure you're okay with it and you're like asking me for pants and shirts <laughs> right I, I, I tell kayla all the time is like you need there's stuff that you need right right like stuff. the thing the thing that 